0: Hello and welcome back to Sounding Out Horsham. I'm Anna and I'm Emma and today we're going to talk about how to take on a big renovation project and we're sitting here with Emma Besley who's a pro. Thank you, hello, hello. And the reason we're sitting here with you is because you have recently done, you've you've bought a house in Horsham Mm -hmm. and you've Mm -hmm. done an extension and you built a loft conversion and we think that you have lots of information to give us so we're going to ask you lots of questions about that yeah
1: i think it it's it's really interesting and lots of people might be in similar situation like you moving into a new house Mm. or or they might have been in their house um, for a long time and realize they need more space or Mm. um, or wanted to do some some new work and don't really know where to start it's quite it can be quite daunting i mean financially but also just actually having an idea of, of what you what you need you know you need more space you know you want to do something more exciting yeah. um so I guess yeah it'd be really really good to as someone who's who's done it re- recently
2: where do you start yeah well I mean particularly for people we've come from London and moved down to Horsham five years ago so you don't know anyone and so you, you get the house and you have these ideas and then you think, well, you know, you need the recommendations, you've got to get the quotes. So for us, we bought the house. We knew we wanted to do an extension in the loft and in the kitchen on the ground floor. But it's a, the first thing is knowing what you want to do first and have sort of a idea of time frame. Uh, and if you need to save more, there's no point rushing. You know, if you need to save a bit more, save a bit more. You're going to be in this house a long time. If you're doing these extensions, it's an investment of your time and with your family. So for me, it was then just finding the right builder because it's vital. And so it is finding three or four, getting the quotes, but then seeing their work before you even say yes to anything. And that's really important. And also not just seeing their work, speaking to the people, the clients and speaking to the people who've had the job done. And they'll tell you, the truth won't they it will come through they can't you can't fake that and so we started with the loft first and again we really liked a company but we went to see work they'd done down the road and had you know had an honest conversation and talked about electricians and the plumbers and what were they like so it's really breaking it down because there's so many tradesmen that involved in an extension that you um, you want to sort of be prepared for that and and then therefore that helps with the cost because you sort of break down all the different areas you've got to consider. Um, so loft was great, loft's not so stressful that takes five to six weeks so of construction so. Was that in terms
1: of in when you say five or six weeks and, and then but actually finding the right person did that take
2: a while or? No because I think the thing is with Horsham in particular um Everyone kinda knows everyone enough that someone's gonna have a decent recommendation. So uh through Facebook is brilliant because you can just type in loft conversion or extension and you'll have so many more, so many posts and discussions about local builders. I actually gathered that from there and then sort of did a bit more digging and went on their
0: websites and then filtered it down to about two or three. But how did you do then? You said that you thought it was important to see what they've done. So how did you actually see see the work they've done?
2: Yeah, well, most companies or builders should be happy to show off their work they've done. And if they don't, then, you know, (laughs) alarm bells ring. So uh, it's one of the first questions, you know, can we see some of your work? And hopefully they say yes. And usually within a week, you can see work they've done we have so many people come to our loft now to look at our project to know if to go forward with theirs so it's um it's easy enough if you've got the right admin team in the builders company they'll set it up and hopefully put you with the right people to look at their work does
1: it when it comes to the loft um we've we actually should say we're here at your house uh, which is lovely and we and we have we've uh, been to see the the loft um loft conversion i was really surprised at how much space you've got in there. Do you is there a sort of do you need a certain level of you
0: know,
2: height yeah, for the building regs yeah. and things like that? So that's another part of building any extension or anything to your house is will you need permission, development permission? Will you need to go through the council? So I think they're kind of questions that even speaking to a builder, they'll help you. They know exactly what shape you want. They know if it's permitted development, but you could Google it. You could go onto West Sussex. Uh, website and check how far you can go out without having to go to the council for permission. So it is a little bit of digging for your own research as well. So then you know how to approach it next. So actually, when we moved here, we did get an architect and they did draw up plans for a kitchen extension and a loft and it was submitted to the council. But funnily enough, we changed our mind on the size of our kitchen and we realised we didn't need any permission or planning permission for it and we didn't have to go through the rigmarole of going through the council but it was quite nice to know that we had been accepted yeah and I think the could... worst thing is if you haven't done it <laughs> and you, you suddenly yeah you
1: suddenly get a letter saying We've mm. wrote, you've done this work and uh, so you're always uh, trying yes.
0: to go through the right process so you're pleasing everyone um but also I'm thinking um because uh, Sometimes you can get different different information from different builders. How mm. much did you feel that that was something that happened to you that you got different builders saying one, one builder saying one thing and another building saying another thing? I builder think, saying another thing?
2: Yeah, I think world over that's always going to happen. If you meet most tradesmen, they've all got such different opinions and ways that they're going to approach any project. And even about
0: regulations, I'm thinking.
2: Totally. Um, You speak to a builder, and I've seen it happen in the process of doing the kitchen from March till August, a building regulation can change overnight. And I feel really sorry for, you know, the builders that they have to keep keep up with the updates of what's going on, what needs to change with building regulations. So they really have to be in the know. And I think some probably don't even know how (laughs) up to date they need to be. Um, but then you always have um, you have the building control guys coming. So you've always got someone visiting from when you do foundations in the kitchen to when it gets built and the steel goes in. So there's a process there. And whatever work you do without council permission or if it's just permitted development, you ne- need building control and that's for health and safety. That's to make sure you're doing everything well and it's to make sure your builder's doing it right. So it's your kind of insurance yeah. too that you're paying for that building control it's time to fall down absolutely so there's a sort of peace of mind there that you do that then you know it's going to go in the right direction because it has to be a certain way to be above the law and there's always someone kind of keeping an eye on your builder and what they're doing Um, but that happens hand in hand when you get a builder they're going to probably know someone or recommend someone in building control to work with them and you
0: and book them in and that's how it works. So it's sort of like a three-way relationship going on.
2: Yeah.
0: So when you decided to start on, on this project, was it clear for you that you were gonna start with a builder or is it always a builder sure. you should start with?
2: Um, we had an idea of a builder, but actually we needed to know what it was gonna look like to be able to brief a builder to get the quotes we needed. So we did get an architect Um, We probably didn't need to spend as much money as we did on an architect. We wanted someone that was registered with Reba. Um, But actually, because our kitchen ended up being smaller, we didn't need that, really. We just needed permitted development. But I'm glad we did it because it really gave us time to have an idea what we wanted in our house. And you draw up a thousand different ideas and, and trying to sort of filter down to nail that exact look you want. So having the architect there really helps. You don't have to have an architect. You can have um, like a technical drawer as well and they're much cheaper. So I would say, you know, if you know of anyone or if your builder recommends uh, like a structural engineer slash technical drawer, get them to do it because they know exactly what building regs is required and what building control will want to see and they know how to communicate their drawings to a builder so they're usually quite happy with the drawings too. So we've gone from having an architect and then finally we ended up with this guy that did the technical drawings for the final work and uh, everyone was happy and we passed all building regs. So it's really looking at the quotes and the prices and thinking, can we afford that? Can we get away with just having this? So it is just finding the right people for the project you're doing. So it depends how small or large it is yeah and
1: you said it it took about five to six months to Mm. to complete and did you stay living in the house in the house while the work was happening
2: oh i have a husband that frustratingly wouldn't let me leave the house and rent somewhere else so with the loft brilliant because you can go about your lives very easily they're up in the loft. They don't even break through until five, six weeks in. So you're not affected at all. They go out, they have access to the loft from the outside. They don't come in your house. Um, And when they break through, then obviously you need electricians and plumbers and the plasterers will come through your house, but it's quite a short-lived process. It's not too long. I think I speak to most people and my experience and probably my sisters and my mum's was having the kitchen and the ground floor being done is quite stressful because there's so much dust and so much mess and it's your whole ground floor feels like it's being affected. The um, kitchen's a key part, kitchen, isn't it? For your huge. Of, of I home. live in the kitchen. Uh, so for us, when we had the kitchen done, we blocked off the area they needed to work on and ripped down and we built a kitchen in our living room.
0: Yeah, that's Mm. actually a really good idea. Mm.
2: I would say that really needs planning. I think I've met too many people that panic the week before the builders come and put their microwave on top of their lovely sideboard and freak out where Mm. everything needs to go. Whereas actually we went hardcore. We have an open reception room, so it's equivalent of two rooms, and we blocked one up With a bit of partitioning, I have an amazing, helpful uncle, Uncle Phil, and my husband, and it took half a day, and we've created a little kitchen where we use the old units from the kitchen and put it, fitted it in to our living room, so so it felt a little bit home from home. And I had, however, I had an eight-week baby and a three-year-old at the time, so I really wanted it to feel that I could cook in there, yeah, and keep saying. So actually thinking about the prep and thinking about what your alternative is whilst they're using one of your most well-used spaces really makes a difference to your sanity. So for me, creating a kitchen and I even had a washing machine, um, which I had to sort of empty the water outside every time it, it was used. But still, it it, it kept me sane. and. Yeah. I guess it's thinking oh.
1: of those practicalities. Mm. I know you're, you're looking ahead to how you, your mm. house will be, but mm. actually, you've got to if you're sta- if you're planning on staying in and not moving out while you do the work, you have to
2: totally.
1: think about how you're going to live day yeah. to day, especially over that
0: yeah.
1: time. But,
0: and I'm thinking, uh, did you manage to to get these works done over the summer? Actually, because that that's also no, we important. we went
2: against the grain. So <laughs> for the loft, it started January the third, mm. and it was the snowiest, coldest week. But it wasn't wet, and actually that's the key thing. Yeah. When you do a loft, you're worried about the rain because water gets everywhere. Mm. So it doesn't matter when in this country it starts. The kitchen, most people have it done in the summer, but I don't know if you've got memories of the last few years, but it can be very wet. July <laughs> yes. and August are horrendous rain now. I started in March. It was snowing, so that wasn't very helpful, and it was very cold, but at least it wasn't wet. Um, and also it went through to August. So we had every climate happen in that small space of time. I would say there's, there's, um, there's no rules to that. My mum yeah. and dad had their bungalow renovated completely. They started in January finish my job. Yeah, June. I guess
0: it's when it depends on when the builders are available because hmm. that's that's another question. Another thing I was wondering, how long did you have to wait until they could actually start working? It always feels longer than you anticipate. So you hope they can start
2: the next month or the next few months. And that never usually works out. I think we were talking about it almost a year and a half before it actually happened. But Yeah, I think we had to wait about five, six months. I know some people have waited a year because if it's the right builder and you feel it's the price, you know, the price is right for you and your budget, it's worth the wait. So usually you are waiting a while. And Mm. when they say they could do next week, you should worry. When they say they're quite busy, it's a good sign.
1: (laughs) So before you did it, did you have a a vision of how you wanted the complete everything to look? Because you're... I mean, we're sitting in your house, and it's beautiful. It's beautifully designed. It's not just you haven't just done the work and you've, you painted it all magnolia. You're definitely not a magnolia person. <laughs> no. But um, it do you? I mean, did you already have those colours and and how you wanted the the final rooms to look? And how? And I know a lot of people. You know, people aren't haven't got the same creativity as as you perhaps. But what would you recommend they do about making sure that it looks how you want from the beginning? Sure.
2: I think the best advice I can give is particularly when you've just moved in somewhere, is though I love colour, we paint everywhere white and live in it. Live in your house. Feel where's the best place to have the amazing sunlight and daylight? Where would you like to read your book in? Where do you want to watch TV? Where is it the kids are happiest? Where do they play the most? And and knowing what rooms are going to serve what purpose. And then only then the colour came in and what we really wanted and where everything should be and certain pieces of furniture. And I actually think that was, yeah, it was a bit of evolution of design and style come from living in the house first and knowing what felt right for us as a family. And we're always growing as a family. You know, my kids are four and two years old, so it will probably change again. But the moment we now feel like after five years being here, we've got it right. But it was by painting it white first and feeling that space first. Um, Another tip I have is always laying on the floor and looking up at the ceiling because you've got the floor plan right above you by looking at the ceiling. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Because you can't really do it when you move all your boxes in and your furniture, it's hard to visualize. So um, laying on the floor, looking up the ceiling and realizing the space in that way. And um, so that's evolved. That has taken time, I've got to be honest. And it's the same with all the building work. It changes all the time. And I think that's a good thing because you you make decisions based on finances and also your your tastes change and your situation changes you might have more kids all of a sudden over the few years so a lot can change in the years you're here as a family and um yeah I like that idea
1: that you are you know you say paint it all white it's a blank canvas Mm. and you live in it and see how how it would it would work but um yeah Yeah. that's great
0: one thing I want to come back to is is oh. the budget because that's probably for many the most important <laughs> the most important question. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, like? Well, there are actually two questions. How how do you set your budget and how do you make sure not to have too many surprises? What are your thoughts on budgeting for for these kind of projects?
2: I'm obsessed with budget. I love a spreadsheet. Uh, my husband hates anything to do with numbers, so I'm I, I'm sole responsible for that. Uh, with a loft, you get the quote and it pretty much stays as it is. I mean, the guys we use do lofts all the time, so they know exactly what to charge for. We save money by not paying for the decorating part. You know, you can save up to five to ten thousand pounds sometimes if you're decorating and painting and finishing it off yourself. So we made that conscious decision to save money there. And then budget in terms of the bigger jobs, kitchens and down in the ground floor, I think for us, we did have that issue. We only had a certain certain amount of money. And so the ideal of having a very big side return extension with an island and a playroom, and it's got a giant utility room. We couldn't do that. We didn't have the money for it. And we discussed that with the builder. And he said really what was realistic with the money we had. And we actually kept our galley kitchen and we just extended it a little bit. We extended it just within permitted development, Uh, but we've made it feel spacious and there's little ways you can do that and your builder should be on board to help you create that illusion of space. So I feel we have gone through that where we had a budget and actually that affected what we were gonna finally have um, as a result. But I'm really happy with the f- yeah you've done you, you
0: have you've made some really clever, clever things to create that illusion. We, perhaps we can put some pictures on oh, on happily. our Facebook page yeah. when we're done, but maybe you want to tell for instance how how you created that illusion in in your kitchen mm. Well,
2: because we kept with a galley kitchen style, we were really keen on trying to create that sense of space still, so you didn't feel like it was claustrophobic, so our way of doing it was we extended just a little bit at the end. But they heightened the the ceiling height, so they could build a higher roof line. So it feels really big because it's about three meters high. So though it is very narrow, uh, I call it my little bowling alley. But actually by painting it white, which is so against everything I usually do, because I want to paint everything colour, having it white and having the height in a huge part of the kitchen has created a lovely, you know, light-filled space. It does feel big, definitely. Yeah, yeah. and so I think it's a play on colour and the lighting, and that's really important. You also have sliding
0: doors and bifolding doors Mm. in some places.
2: Yeah, so we've been quite practical. Where it's quite narrow in the kitchen, we can't have doors opening onto the ovens and other cupboards so we've thought of bifold little internal doors and pocket doors so there's clever space-saving ways you can still have the
0: kitchen you want but you've just got to think about the practical things. And kitchen that's something that can cost very little if you go with Ikea for mm-hmm. instance and you can also obviously spend a fortune mm-hmm. on that what uh, what what do you think for somebody who wants because I think again you found a really clever middle ground but what? So tell us about
2: it. So for me, I really wanted a nice worktop. So the deal was we get the cheapest kitchen, white, but really nice matte white cupboards, but we jazzed it up with really nice handles. Uh, I got to have a lovely worktop. So we saved in that way. And I mean, some kitchens are crazy prices, really crazy prices. Uh, But we kept ours to well under, sort of around the £5,000 mark for the whole lot. And it's a good sort of, seven meters of kitchen and so much storage so i feel really proud that we've kept that to a minimum i think when you have a family particularly i thought well there's no point spending money in a kitchen they're gonna throw toys at it and bump into it and so you know with howdens or any kitchen you can replace those doors in years to come you can replace them with lovely oak because the carcass is always the same so I thought, well, I'd rather have a really decent guarantee on an appliance. It all sounds very domesticated, doesn't it? But, you know, I wanted a decent fridge for once. We moved in and had the fridge that was already here. It was about 40 centimetres wide and it could literally fit in eggs, butter and milk. Yeah, when you've got family, it sure. needs to be. So um, I think it's, that's also about the prep, isn't it? So though you've got your builder, you've got your plans. It's about what you want in the house and with your budget, where do you want to allocate that budget? So for us it was decent appliances decent worktop. We decorated everything ourselves. We did all the paintwork. That saved again. So yeah, that it's that balance of what your needs are and where you can save. And for us was big time kitchen and just keeping it really
0: simple. So in terms of budget, well, it's always up to you, of course, to mm. stick to it. But did you have surprises from the builders uh, regarding the budget?
2: Definitely. And I think most people you speak to will have some kind of disaster that's happened. So for us was drains. We discovered that our drains were fine, but as soon as we contacted Southern Water, they wanted our drains a completely different shape. So we had to completely redo our
0: drains. <laughs> oh, why is that though? Why, uh, why come d- you didn't know from yeah. the beginning, do you think? Uh,
2: we told We did the right thing, telling the water company as soon as we were doing the job, And all we wanted to do was move an access point. That shouldn't affect anything. It would cost money to come and investigate. But the extra was once they saw the plans, that are 100 years old. These drains have worked. They've never got blocked. They're beautiful. We have an L shape. And because the L shape of the drain was curved, they wanted a straight L shape. And so we had to dig everything out. Straight L shape? Yeah, well, so the shape of the drains, they just didn't quite like the direction it had been for 100 years. So if I hadn't have gone to Southern Water, they would never know. And I wish I hadn't been so good about the process and telling everyone what we were doing. So there's things like that. You would never dream is gonna happen. And it did. It wasn't the builder's fault, but of course the builder's gonna charge you accordingly to all these disasters Mm. that turn up. Um, We didn't have many disasters, but you hear so many where the foundations are dug too shallow and then the building regs guy comes along. I think with a budget, I think safely think 30% more than whatever you think, which sounds awful, but you go on, you watch any TV programme speak to most of your friends, I think it works out between 15 to 30% more than the budget you had in mind. Because these are, I'm in a period house, so I'm in a Edwardian house, there's gonna be problems. There were problems with damp that have been here for a hundred years. I had to fix that, that's Mm. another thousand pounds. So there are things that the builders wouldn't even know is gonna happen until they rip a wall down or they rip the wallpaper off or take a floor up. So it's no one's fault really, but particularly with old houses, you discover all these problems and that's where your budget, you have to allow that extra on top.
0: I have another question uh, that I that I just realised um, regarding neighbours. Do you have to tell your neighbours when you're building how does that work? Yes, yes,
2: yes. Actually, I should have said that. Once When you're looking at builders, almost before that, I remember getting the plans first. We got our neighbours over, came over for a cup of tea or wine, if you want to really sweeten the deal. And we showed them our plans before we even had the work done. And they really appreciate that. And uh, we've, we've got really lovely neighbours too, but they knew everything going on week by week. You know, I'd knock on the door and go, by the way, it's gonna be really noisy this week. They're doing the foundations or next week it's all about the water. So I know there was one point we had a water pipe got hit and there was a leak and poor Barbara next door. She um, couldn't use a washing machine all day and couldn't use the tap. But flowers, chocolates and wine (laughs) honestly make a huge difference because you're showing you care. And we did, we really like our neighbors. So just keeping them in the loop and now and again going, hi, oh, here's some fizz on. And also, I guess if it's uh, something that's gonna affect them, uh,
1: if they're, if, they're, if you're in a semi-detached or sure. uh, terrace house, and if it's gonna be affecting, mm-hmm.
2: you have to get a, par- a party wall agreement? Did you, did yes, you get that? Yes, we right? didn't because the way uh, the wall is structured, because um, we didn't have to attach ourselves, the new build to them, we were okay. But I would suggest looking into party wall agreement I think it keeps everything above board and just covers everyone. We were just very lucky with the situation we're in. We didn't have to go down that route. Yeah, if you've got um, nice neighbours yeah, as well. Yeah, and Where's we just... talked it through. And the way it was built, it didn't affect them. But you know, they needed some new uh, guttering, and we were damaging everything around it. So we made sure we paid for certain things that they might need um, improved. So it worked we were really lucky you know never a complaint and they got on really well with our builders and you catch them chatting and yeah we we were lucky obviously you're you finished the the major work mm. I know you've still you still have a little bit so you're mm. doing
1: but are you is there anything that if there was anything you thinking back to the whole process is there anything you would have done differently I'm gonna say no
2: I'm quite proud that I'm quite a prepared person so you know I had that kitchen ready, the alternative kitchen, and I had that budget, knowing there would be a disaster because I bring disaster wherever I go. So that didn't shock me either. I think, I think the thing that always shocks you is how long it all takes, um, particularly ground floor. It always takes longer, particularly towards the end. They've done the major works, and then they have other jobs on, and they usually go to those, and you're waiting in, and you want to let them in, and you're wasting time with that. So. They're more annoyances and they're they're things that seem to happen most people you talk to. So for me, I don't think you can ever be prepared for the dust, the amount of dust. So again, it's been prepared. We bought plastic sheeting that had a little zip around the door. So we literally zipped in and out of places. So we try to avoid the dust. But in the end, all these things that happen, they have to happen. They're, They're part of the process so i don't we don't have regrets or i don't think we'd do anything differently um it's about the communication with the builder i think you always have a bit of a ding dong with the builder at some point there's something you'll disagree on and i think as long as you stand your ground because they're usually standing their ground i think that makes a huge difference so we don't have regrets because we really stuck to our guns and we'd explained our our reasons to each other and sometimes it can be a little bit fractious but It was fine. Um, So yeah, no regrets as such. I probably spent probably a little bit too much, but like I said, if I'd known to add that 30% over the top of the budget, uh then yeah yeah it's like when you watch uh
1: grand designs and they, it all oh. oh, every time it goes well I've over budget yeah
2: i yeah. know they're doing
1: everything mm. from scratch but mm. uh yeah it's um mm. yeah i guess that's mm. that's good good advice to have that 30 <laughs> percent.
0: so how about because um uh, it's not only you but also your sister and your family they've also taken on big big projects mm-hmm. lately uh, recently have you made a sort of common conclusion on what you, lessons learned or something like that? I think we have.
2: I think we've got the top trumps of builders. So we've actually
0: had all different builders. And
2: I think there's a ranking. And I think my mum and dad had the best builder I've ever heard of. He was lovely. Um, They had easy communication, nothing ever went wrong. Or if it did, the builder just dealt with it. He was amazing at snagging. He was just the dream builder. And he had a team that was always there every single day. They have the same Era
1: buildings, so Edwardian as well, or no? They more have modern?
2: they have a bungalow, so I guess that was fifties, sixties. But actually, they had worse problems than us. They had damp throughout the whole of the ground floor. They had to rip up all the floor of the ground level and concrete it. So that was their disaster. But because the builder was so amazing, he just made everything stress free, and he told them and warned them of everything before it happened. And before warning them, he would already have a solution. And I think my mum and dad had the dream builders for that, that it was always dealt with within a day. It wasn't dragging, they're the trying to rack their brains to what, how to solve something. And actually out of everyone, my mum and dad weren't in the property when it was done. They were living with us. And again, that's why they're grinning because they didn't have to see it. <laughs> but they were not close enough so they could go and check in. Sure. It and see we the all live and... literally meters away from each other. So you can see, actually, if you can move out, great. You know, rent is really expensive. So who can afford to go and rent somewhere and also have the property being worked on? If you've got parents or family or friends that are willing to have you, then amazing. That's a bonus. But, you know, it's quite unusual to, to have that offer of help for four to six months so that's the dream but how many of us
0: can actually do that yeah no uh, (laughs) no you're lucky in that uh, in that way for sure Mm. another thing is that decoration that is that's your thing your house it's like walking into a decoration magazine it's obviously <laughs> something that you do that you won't let mm. anybody else do but what do you think you should do yourself to save money if, mm-hmm. you're, if you're a little bit handy
2: Um, I think it's already known what skill set you have so I think getting the professionals to do the real big you know the foundations of the house is worth its weight in gold because if there is a problem they're going to come back and fix it also they've spent years sure. learning how to yeah. do, do things so the I commend pattern. anyone that claims they've just re either or whole house by learning it from youtube but i i'd rather leave that to professionals where you can save money would definitely be decorating or even some tiling you can give i've given tiling a go in our little utility cupboard and i saved probably a few hundred just by doing a little area i wallpaper myself with the help of my mum and we paint everything ourselves you could probably try your hand at something and save some money
1: so it's been really really interesting hearing the steps you go through and, and um, obviously Anna and I have seen the amazing job you've you've done and if people want to get further inspiration, where can they go? I know you've, you have an Instagram account.
2: I do. It's called Move Over Magnolia. My Instagram account is looking at colour psychology and how you want to feel in your home and what colours make you feel a certain way in each room. There's no rules to colour. I think that's the thing and you have to just decide on what colour makes you feel happy or relaxed or calm or rejuvenated and that's how you apply that to your house i think
1: well it's been really enlightening talking to you it's been great thanks for inviting us to your home yeah thank you so much so yeah if you want to get some inspiration from from emma's designs you can find her on instagram move over magnolia mm-hmm. And we'd love to
0: hear your thoughts on today's podcast and anything else. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter, Sounding Out Horsham, S.O. Horsham. And we will also put some photos, of course, of your house uh, on our Facebook page. And um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening to Sounding Out Horsham. We'll be (laughs) hearing you soon.